Gather your gear. It's time to head out for our road trip across America that will scare your pants off. Along the way, with your hosts, you'll be setting up camp in some of the scariest places they can find. Discover each episode a cryptid, a haunting, and a strange encounter. Climb aboard a cryptid camper if you're brave enough. Take it away, Tom. Live from our cryptid camper, I'm Tom, and I'm here with my good friend Shay, and we'd like to thank you for joining us for Season 3, Episode number 22 of the Scare Your Pants Off Our American Road Trip. On today's episode, we set up camp in New Hampshire. So how are you doing today, Shay? I'm a little under the weather, but other than that, I'm really well. So you guys will probably hear my uh, my snotty, snotty self making noises. And I'll try to edit them all up, but I probably won't be able to. So here's my cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. I just got over it. It took, it was about two weeks for me. Um, and I don't get sick like that. I don't get cold. Like if I get a cold, it's maybe a day or two. And I just don't, I don't get sick like that. But this one knocked me out and it's not pleasant. So I don't envy you because it's, it's not an easy. And I, I work, I mean, at least 10 people have gone through it. And the shortest amount of time I've heard is 10 days. Ugh. So Ugh. it's. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's just, it, it's, and even when it's kind of away, you still kind of feel a little achy, a little, it, it, it takes, like, I'm still taking DayQuil, even though I'm kind of over it. It's, yeah, I don't know, Ugh. not fun. So, uh, have you watched anything good recently? Well, I have, actually, but there's one thing I do want to talk about quick, because oh, yes. this is the first episode that we're recording after my wedding. Um, I first, know, and I thought of that right as I was asking the thing. I was like, I should have brought up the wedding first. <laughs> that's okay. Um, first, obviously, thank you for coming. It did rain. It was an outdoor wedding, but we had tents, and it was yeah, we got married, and it's it was a day, and it was still fun, and it was you know whatever. But um, I feel like you got to experience something that I was really excited to see you experience, and I think, and I don't know if it's your first one, but I feel like it's close to. Uh, your first fan interaction with someone that you didn't know. Yeah, Wally. yeah, actually, it was, um, oh, God, I'm so bad at names. And this isn't anything personal, but I met a lot of people that day. Um, like, no, it was, it was <laughs> Wally and uh, his soon-to-be wife, Dina, were at the wedding. But it was Wally that I, I know approached you. And I actually also know that my mom approached you and talked to you a little bit about the, po- about the podcast. Because I don't mention her often. I don't know why I don't mention her often, but. My mom is also probably one of the biggest supporters of the podcast. She listens to every episode, so my mom, too. Um, but I, I think you got yeah, to talk to now, both of them. Yeah, they, and they were both great. It was funny. I was sitting there. I was talking uh, at the table, and Wally, he, I just hear, that's got to be Tom. I recognize that voice, and and came over. Super nice guy, and we we hung out most of that afternoon at that table. Um, just telling paranormal story it was great it was real it was great and super nice and then yeah your mother came over and introduced herself and god she was so nice and 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 she had 
researched one uh she, well apparently she researches a lot of our episodes yeah. as i was talking to her like she'll you know she gets a little interest more into the story and when and she was um telling me a few things that she had found in her research and which was just uh was great i mean yeah and that was yeah the first time that the people i because I, I guys have worked with that listen you know they'll come up and talk to me and stuff but that was that was really really cool um that whole day was great i gotta say you uh, weather aside i mean it helped the rain the rain held off for most of the day, you know, at least hard rain. It was drizzling most of the day, but nothing bad. And it really didn't start getting heavy until it was ending anyway, you know, and everybody was kind of packing up. Um, just a great day, all in all. Well, and, and you got to see Eric's butt crack, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Eric and the kill, that was awesome. Yep. Blue, I, I can't say not blue, man. He... He did so good that he was making sure everybody had everything they need. I, he ran around all day, making sure everything was perfect. And uh, I give him a lot of credit too, because that couldn't have been easy on him. He just, he was always moving, always helping, yeah. always. It was, um, yeah, I get to meet Eric's, uh, Eric's kid. Um, Zach. Zach. Right, yeah, um, which was cool. Got to thank him for the website. Um, yeah, I can't say enough, um, enough good things. That was uh, a really, really fun day. Really, really good day. It was, uh, yeah. All right, yeah. well, we've done the wedding talk now. Yeah. Have you watched anything good? I saw your question, haha. -ha. Oh, that's, <laughs> Did yeah. Did you watch um, anything good? I have been. So what, let's see. I, um uh okay so we I, I finished only murders in the building this most recent season love that show and love that it's set up for another season so so i was under the impression and i don't know where i got this from i was under the impression that this was it and i was i was heartbroken i was literally heartbroken not literally but i was yeah like fan heartbroken because mm -hmm. i'm not ready for this to be over and i am so glad it's coming back yeah that trio i i didn't know how much i really loved that all three have done together like i knew i loved steve martin and and martin short together they've been you know friends for 40 50 60 years whatever and do comedy together and everything but she meshes so well with those th those two and it's just it's delightful um yeah, I, I'm. I am so glad they set it up, and it didn't even it didn't feel forced or anything. Because it's like I'm like, how can they go? You know, it's only murders in a building. It's like one building. How many murders? But it still makes sense, and it doesn't feel too crazy or anything. What's happened? So, yeah, I watched that. I uh, I've been watching Daryl Dixon on um whatever it's on AMC. Um, it's better than a Maggie and Megan show, I, in my opinion. It's uh, not a high bar, though. <laughs> no, no, it's not great. It's not. It's. I mean, they are milking this this cow, this pig, for everything it's worth, and um, each show, it's like it's diminishing re returns on each on each show. It's just it's 
you know, the fir- the the main show was the uh, the first one was the best, and then probably the second best was still Fear the Walking Dead. And each one, it's progressively just I don't know. Um, I've been oh, I watched, I, I and I didn't hate it. I watched all the way through Twisted Metal, <laughs> and, uh, Peacock based on the video game Twisted oh, Metal. Okay. It yeah, it wasn't great. I didn't hate it. I, I, I don't even really know the video game. It was a PlayStation game. I was more of a Nintendo and Xbox guy. Uh, and then I have... Oh, I've been watching American Horror Story. The new season. Have you been watching? Can we talk about this for a second? So... Mm-hmm. I So I initially wasn't even going to give it a try because Kim Kardashian's in it. I was like, nope, can't be good. They already... I mean, they really kind of lost me last season. They were... They've been slowly losing me for a couple of seasons now, but last season really, I I didn't I didn't watch it. Um, so I wasn't even going to try it because I hear the name Kim Kardashian and I'm like I'm good actually. I'm I'm good with my entire life not eating Kim Kardashian. Either. So <sighs> me sticking to my guns like I do. I watched the first episode and. And I'm like, and and I was genuinely expecting maybe 15, 20 minutes in to be like, oh yeah, okay, I am done. She's insufferable and I can't. And um, the first episode went by so fast and the second one was already there. So I was like, okay, well, fuck it. And I, before, and then I realized that I'm, yeah, I'm kind of here for the season. I don't know. I don't know if it's because she's not surrounded by all of the Kardashians at once. So she's not. She's a little annoying, but she's not your typical Kim Kardashian annoying, I guess. Um, and I am kind of fucking digging the season. I'm there with you. And I remember we had, before the season had started, we had talked and you you had made a comment that this might be the year it really jumps the shark. And once you had told me why, that can I, I I agreed. I was like, oh boy, especially after last season. And I watched all last season and it just, it wasn't great. It just wasn't, it just, I don't know. It was, it didn't feel like American Horror Story last season. It was, it didn't, it never went super off the rails. It, it was, it was, the story was fairly linear and just straightforward, which is just abnormal for American Horror Story. It just, at some, usually around episode five or six of the season, it just starts getting crazy weird. And then on top of that, being based on a book, um, I'm like, okay, so this might, but I have been here for it. Like you said, I, what you had said really stuck with me, that how the episode flew went by, like it flew by. I felt like all three, because I've watched all three episodes so far, and um. Yeah, every every episode it feels like twenty minutes. It, it just yeah. goes by. It's really cool. It I, when I leading up to the season, I, I read a couple articles about it, and I, one of the articles was talking about how the book has is has Rosemary's Baby's vibes to it. I can definitely feel that in in the show a little bit. You can it definitely modernize and and change because Rosemary's Baby's an older, but definitely has some undertones of Rosemary, which is you know, one of the all-time greatest, you know, horror films of all time. And, uh, but yeah, I've been here for it. And Kim Kardashian, yeah, I, I, I do not like the, the Kardashian, I do not condone them as humans. 
I, I just don't, I, I don't like I don't like them. I don't like what they're about. I don't like just the effect that they've had on society since being introduced through whatever show it was back in the day. And just I just they're everything that's wrong with 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 this modern society and but she's cast perfectly in it i mean it's 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 i can see why he did it it's not really a stretch for her i still hate her voice i just but it 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 works within the role um so yeah i'm so far i'm here for it i'm i'm hoping it it stays on this because it's been shockingly good yes yes and all right i'm sure i've watched more but i i, I can't think of any right now what about you so i got one more that we haven't talked about yeah um that i'm gonna bring up and i i don't know if it's if it's totally your bag but it's absolutely something that i feel like i need to talk about because anybody that knows me um knows the mixed feelings i had about the movie i'm about to mention so the flash came out to rent and we rented it I um I struggle really hard to separate people from their characters or okay. or I can only separate them from their characters. I'm just, I'm I have no middle ground. Um like Hugh Jackman who I love is and Wolverine are two different people and I don't know why in my head they're not the same person. I know they are. But yes. like Hugh Jackman like the greatest showman is not Wolverine. <laughs> so but I have a I had a really hard time. I'm not a huge Flash fan. Um I had a really hard time separating Ezra Miller from the movie because I he's he's a mm-hmm. disgusting human and mm-hmm. he I'm appalled that he was in the movie and the only reason I even watched the movie though is because finally since I was a kid I've been wanting Michael Keaton to come back as Batman because he is my Batman and yeah. I don't care what anybody says how anyone feels about it that is my Batman he's the best and, he's the best yeah and and he came back. And he wasn't in it for three minutes, and that in it that was the best thing I had ever seen since I was like eight years old. <laughs> and he and he was great. So, but in total, as as a DC movie, it was actually really funny and it was surprisingly good. I wasn't expecting it to be great because again, I'm not a huge Flash fan. I fucking hate Ezra Miller, but it was actually really funny. And if you can, like when he's in the whole Flash getup, you can't see the punchable face of his <laughs> so it's it's actually a lot easier to like kind of pretend it's not him but um no the movie was really funny it was really good it was surprisingly funny for a dc movie but then i learned something else and again i don't like ezra miller but um i've never really gotten into the flash i can't i i never really watch flash movies not flash shows anything like that um but i had on one of my motion sickness bracelets when we watched it the other day and i for the first time at 41 years old <clears throat> um saw my first flash run scene from start to finish and i had never seen it before and it was the coolest fucking thing i've ever seen and i <laughs> I, I, I didn't realize how much i was missing out and like like uh for the longest time i had end game in uh, avengers end game the way it went differently in my head than it actually went because I couldn't watch the whole battle scene because it made it made me very nauseous and it was before I had the bracelets, 
so I always missed big chunks of it. So people would talk about it, and be like, "What are you talking about?" So like I've gone back and watched some things, but I I I feel like um I might have to give Flash not as Ronaldo's, but I have to give another Flash a try with the bracelet because it's actually rather freaking cool looking, and um I love Michael Keaton, so <laughs> that's all I'll say about that. But yeah. I'm going to have to check it out. I've never watched the show or anything. I know a little bit about Ezra Miller, and he, yeah, he's not a good dude. Um, and I'm with you, especially if the person's, like, really bad. I have, a, like, like in their real – I have a tough time separating it. It just – it's – I'm I'm not one of those guys – I know a lot of people – got to separate the art from the artist, and I have a tough time doing that. I just, I just do, and – Hey, if you can do that, more power to you, but it's, I find that tough. Yeah. Um, but I definitely, definitely check that out because I've never really watched any of the Flash stuff. So, but it sounds, sounds really cool. And I love Mike, Michael Keaton was, in my opinion, the best Batman. Uh, it probably, Absolutely. it goes Michael Keaton and then maybe uh, Bale, I would say, right? Uh, Christian Bale after, who else played <laughs> Batman? So, I mean, obviously, you have Adam West, you have oh, Michael yeah. Keaton, you have um, Christian Bale, obviously, did you have George Clooney, Val Kilmer? Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, if you I, dip into Gotham, you have the kid that played Bruce Wayne in Gotham. I mean, you can, I mean, yeah. there's a lot of like sub stuff too, but yeah, but I would, uh, you go, which I loved Gotham, that was a great show. Um, yeah very underrated show. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, it would definitely be Michael Keaton, then I think followed by. Christian Bale for me uh, on the Batmans. But yeah, definitely check those out. All right. Well, anything else? No, I think that's all I got. All right. Well, you want to jump into your cryptid this week? Time for the cryptid. I, I really do. So I'm going to talk for only like a second, really quick, about one I didn't pick. Yeah. <laughs> because I almost picked it. Real quick, I want everybody listening, if they're interested, I want them to look into the wood devils. They are tall, skinny, gray, camouflaged, big feet. Bigfoot. Bigfoots? I struggle with this every every time. So yeah. they're, they're Bigfoot, but a little different in camouflage. And they stand, this is why I almost picked them, they stand against trees and camouflage perfectly into them. And you don't really? see them until they yeah. are on you. And they have you, and that's it. And it's so ominous. And I love that. I, I don't feel personally like the Bigfoot is actually like a bad dude. <laughs> like, I don't think it's just, I don't think it's just going around attacking people. But like, I mean, <laughs> no, that's really cool. I that, never heard of the Wood Devils. I'm definitely going to check that out. Yeah, yeah totally worth a read. But I did, however, land on something else. I landed on the Danville devil monkey have you heard of that no i haven't so this could toe the line between but of possibly not being a cryptid but i'm calling it a cryptid i feel like it is a cryptid and there's a little bit little side story in here that's gonna and i'll explain it to you uh which is why i picked this one now uh danville fire chief david kimball witnessed a creature when it jumped out of the trees in front of his truck and then jumped back in for to where it came. And this was on August 21st of 2001. Now, Kimball and the town librarian researched 
the closest thing they could find was a Humboldt woolly monkey, which are indigenous only to the Amazon. Now, other sightings include um, seeing an animal in his, a man seeing his, an, the animal in his backyard and his wife hearing screeching noises that she said, quote, did not belong in her woods. So it's a woman that knows her stuff. She knows the area. She's been there a long time. Not a sound she hears. Now, this is the story. This is the little side story, which is why I picked it. There was a local boy, a, a young man, a young boy, who was stealing and hoarding peanut butter cookies and hiding them in his treehouse. I just, that's like the most E.T. innocent freaking mm. thing ever. Now, his stash of peanut butter cookies started going missing. And he thought, in all of his childhood innocence, thought that it was being stolen, and this is a quote, by Indians. Now, so, and he liked that. So he collected more cookies and stored them there for them for them to take because he thought he was feeding them. And that's fantastic. But it was later believed that he may have been feeding the, the Danville Devil Monkey. So <laughs> I, whatever he was feeding, gotta love this kid. Give him his peanut butter, peanut butter cookies for some random whatever. Um, no. The town animal control officer partnered with the Humane Society to try and catch the creature. People. Oh. <laughs> Leave these things alone. They're not doing anything other than eating some peanut butter cookies, which are being offered to them at this point. So, leave them alone. Now, they tried to lure the creature with female monkey urine. That's so gross. I, <laughs> I don't... Whatever. Whoever figured out that girl pee is like how you get animals to come to you. I want to know what's wrong with you, but that's fine. Now, um, other residents strung up bananas and oranges to lure it into the open. Hunters with trink darts uh, stayed at the ready. And a local DJ even dressed up like a gor gorilla to entice it. Entice it for what? Yeah. Well, so for me personally, if someone's spraying girl pee all over the place and then I'm dressing, if someone's dressing up like a monkey to entice this thing, I think I know what it wants. And yeah. It's, yeah. That, I mean, at that point, if that happens, you, I feel like you wanted that to have, put a decoy up or something, put a stuffed animal out, let it go to town on the stuff. No, you're putting yourself in the thing that is probably going to diddle. Willingly, so yeah, yeah, you're yeah. you're asking for the devil, I guess. So now, the sightings <laughs> caught <clears throat> the sightings caught national media attention, but the September 11th attacks overshadowed that and everything else, as it should have, obviously. No, the claims were uh, spine tingling howls heard from the woods. The creature was reddish brown with razor sharp claws. Um, David Kimball and 11 people witnessed it near Pleasant Street and Kingston Road. A black monkey measuring 8 feet long from hands to tail. And it was very woolly with a red hue. Um, Pleasant Street resident uh, Vivian Wicker, I think I'm saying her name right, heard the monkey hollering and quote, it was a hooting or strange howling sound 
every couple of minutes. Um, and then uh, Harry Padato saw the creature perched atop a pump station, squatting with its hands on its face. And I'm picturing like the hear no, see no, speak no evil monkeys. For some reason, that's what's popping into my head. And then, um, <laughs> yeah, and there's actually been sightings of this monkey as recently as 2012. So it's it's not just that one little incident. It's actually gone on beyond that. And it's believed that the creature may have ran away because we tried sleeping with it apparently is what we're trying to do gross people um and it ran to the white mountains to hide from us because we were trying to do dirty things to them with girl pee i'm so like humans are gross um but that's what i have for (laughs) my danville devil monkey people don't put pee on yourself Uh. And try to attract cryptids, because you know what? If you attract <laughs> cryptids, because at that point you're in, yeah, that's an invitation. That's a yes. And you don't do that to people. Or you don't do that to cryptids. That's not okay. They don't know better. Yeah. <laughs> that's how diseases start. <laughs> no, I was kidding. Yeah. No, they're gonna great choice. Great choice. Love it. Um, love the story with the little boy. Um, you know leaving out cookies it's just a just a very uh awesome story yeah the hunting of it and then like luring it like that in very sexual manner like just you know using the uh urine and then the guy dressing up on it that guy's a pervert um (laughs) yeah not to mention monkeys are super aggressive like super aggressive and, oh, yeah. and like you know eat their own never and will eat human like and just so like he's lucky he didn't get fucked up if he ever did run into that thing and rip his fucking face off uh sorry for all the swears there but no but i mean um, that's i mean i feel like this situation warrants a lot of swears because he was trying to hook like i don't yeah you know what he was trying to do yeah that that just uh just weird um very eight feet long uh hand to tail right is it was the the yeah that's a, that's a weird way of that's what i'm so, picturing yeah like i, I don't guys know you don't have you don't have but i'm putting my hands up over my head and then out front um because yeah well, I'm I'm five ten or whatever. It's not yeah. from me putting my hands up from the my the the tip of my middle finger to my toe. Then I'd be ten feet tall, uh, or whatever you know, or eight, nine or whatever it is. So, very weird way, but uh, interesting, I guess. Um, yeah, no, I can't say enough. For, uh, just a just a cool little a little story here, and um, if. Yeah, if something, you know, with monkeys and, you know, if something gets released into the wild and then may, who knows? Who knows what's out there? So, uh, yeah, I, uh, great choice. Love it. Thank you. All right. Well, this week, I have the haunting. Time for the haunting. And... 
so New Hampshire has a lot of great hauntings, obviously, and it's in a very old state, you know, being in New England, part of the, the colonies, the original colonies, all that. So they have every, you know, anything that you can think of that's haunted, they have hotels, hospitals, asylums, bridges, roads, mansions, I, I mean, uh, lakes, islands, everything. Uh, but... As I'm researching, I came across one, and I'm I'm fascinated with islands, island culture, stuff like that. And uh, this was a really, really cool haunt. Have you heard of the Isles of Shoals? So, it it rings a bell, but I I can't honestly think of anything off the top of my head factual about it. So I had. Her, I had no real knowledge of it, but again, like I said, I, I don't know why I have this weird fascination with islands and island cultures. Always have, just like find it fascinating. So when I came across this, I was like, I uh, I gotta choose it. Um, I want to right off the bat, right off the top, is as I was researching, you know, and it's there's a lot of great stories in it. I about midway through i'm doing my research i realized that some of the islands are actually belong to maine which is the next state off um but some are new hampshire as well so i just continued to do it i wasn't going to stop i was already you know really deep into this but i just want to make that clear for everybody that yes technically some of the islands belong to new hampshire some of them belong to maine um so Located about six miles off the coast of Portsmouth, New Hampshire, are nine small islands and tidal ledges that are collectively known as the Isles of Shoals. It was first inhabited by indigenous tribes in the area who set up seasonal fishing camps on some of the islands many decades or even centuries before European settlers began to migrate there. Many believe as European settlers, specifically French and English, began to migrate and eventually colonize the islands, the natives became upset and set a curse on the isles. It is also widely believed that pirates made camps and possibly hid their booty on some of the islands prior to Sorry. European settlers' arrival. <laughs> yeah, I always so have to, child. No, no, so am I, because I had to write make it as booty in my notes because I love that word. And then I always kind of say it like booty. Um <laughs> just because because <laughs> it's booty. Um yeah, I'm a child too. <laughs> uh anyway. And people have actually claimed to see a ghost pirate ship in the seas around the isles. And supposedly, there have been ghost sightings on all nine of the islands. And I'm not going to discuss every single haunt here because we would be here for days. It'd be like a 12-hour episode. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna discuss a few now. First, I'll start with the tales from Boone Island. Uh, the British ship. The Nottingham Galley shipwrecked on Boone Island on December 11, 1710. Fighting a brutal winter and starvation, the few survivors resorted to eating their dead shipmates. And this was 
all while watching the mainland just out of their reach. They would eventually be rescued, but the survivors were traumatized for the rest of their lives. And yeah, of course, I mean, they shipwreck and then having to eat your, your dead friends, be pretty traumatized. Um, and actually after the incident, local fishermen began leaving barrels of provisions on the island for any future shipwrecks. And then they would finally erect a lighthouse to help, you know, uh, mitigate these crashes about 80 years later. So it only took them about 80 years. But the first lighthouse would only stand for about five years. Why, you ask? Well, they uh, decided to build the first lighthouse out of wood, which <laughs> clearly was no is no match for the weather of the Northeast. Yeah, year, no, it would not be. No, right? <laughs> a year later, they would build a new one out of stone with a solid stone foundation. Unfortunately, the two workers tasked with this construction would drown on their return sail home just a mile from the shore. The above-mentioned lighthouse is not only creepy, but is said to be haunted as well. An unknown spirit is said to open and close doors, run up and down stairs, and even turn the big light on and off. Um, I stated that the spirit is unknown, but it is actually believed to either be one or all three uh, are... So it's believed to be maybe one of the of the two guys that died on the construction crew that were on their return home, uh, maybe one of them, or a former caretaker of the lighthouse. Boone Island is also said to host an apparition of a sad lady dressed in white that wanders the island. Local, local legend supposes that she is either the ghost of the mistress of the captain of the Nottingham Galley, and that's the shipwreck I had discussed earlier, or the widow of a lighthouse keeper. And the story of the lighthouse keeper goes, supposedly shortly after getting married, he brought her to the island with him. Unfortunately, not long after arriving, he grew ill and died during a nasty squall, no less. It said, despite her grief, his widow climbed the 168 stairs to, the light, to light the lamp for the remaining days of the storm. And then finally on Boone Island, there has supposedly been sightings of the Isidore, a ghost ship that wrecked among the islands in 1843. So next we have Appledore Island, the largest of the islands, which was original, which was originally known as Farm Island and then Hog Island before becoming Appledore, which is still known as. The island is home to a large hotel called the Appledore House. Built in 1847 and open to the public in 1848, um, but it would be lost to a fire in 1914. According to uh, Celia Thatcher, a famous poet, 
that grew up on the islands. The islands and more specifically the ground of the former hotel is haunted by Philip Babb or one of his evil-minded relatives. So who is Philip Babb? Babb was originally born in England, migrated to America in the late 17th century where he would eventually make Appledore Island his home. At various times he held the titles of constable, butcher, and innkeeper. Legend says he was a retired pirate who chose the largest of the islands as his home, but there is no real proof or evidence of this. He's said to be a wicked, loathsome man, always wearing a heavy butcher's frock stained with blood and a great knife sheathed on his thick belt. It is said he made his home near the cove on the island and dug a huge hole nearby. Um, many speculating, or speculated he was burying treasure from his pirate days, but again, cannot be confirmed. Anyways, now in death, many have claimed to see his restless spirit. The description given in many of the accounts almost sound like a zombie. In one account, an islander was emerging from his workshop when he spotted a wild form running directly at him. First, he thought it was a friend playing a prank on him. But as the figure got to within arm's reach, the man saw the face of a corpse with hideous, sunken eyes. The, the angry spirit pulled the giant knife from his belt and brandished it in the terrified man's face. That's when the terrified shoaler, and that's what they call people that live in the uh, aisles, shoals, shoulders, hightailed it home, stating that he believes his feet barely touched the ground he was running so fast. Which, yeah, I get it. In another account, a man saw a figure meandering about in the moonlight of Bab's Cove. He could not make out the form, but knew it wasn't an island resident. As it got closer, he grew more apprehensive. And then he really thought it was odd that he couldn't hear any footsteps on the gravel path. As it got really close, he began to make the figure make out the figure's black eye socket, sockets and blood-stained butcher's frock. That's when he knew it was Bab. So he shouted at the ghost, and Bab's, uh, and then the ghost made its way down the path before disappearing. The final haunt and tragedy I'll discuss is the most famous from the Isles. Smutty Nose Island. So I love that name for the island. This is it's Smutty Nose, a funny name. I think it's but, a beer. Uh, is it a beer? I I think it may be. I think that sounds really familiar. I was trying to think. I was like, I've heard Smutty Nose on some product, and I'm pretty sure you're right. It's a beer. So, um, but yeah, that's a funny name. So on Smutty Nose Island was the site of a horrific and now infamous murder. I'm just going to tell a truncated version, but if you are interested in doing a deeper dive on it, there are tons of great articles and podcasts on it. In particular, uh, one that I really liked, a podcast on it, is uh, 
on the Solved Murders podcast, which is part of the Parcast Network. It's a group of uh, podcasts. They have a great, great episode on on this story, and it's uh, it's really fascinating. Uh, so the short version is as follows: Norwegian immigrant John Hunt that uh, moved to America in 1865, looking for a better life. He started his own schooner and fishing business on Smynos. It didn't take long for the business to take off um, due to Hotvet pioneering a new high-tech tub trawl technique, which was essentially uh, fishermen using long wires and hundreds or thousands of baited hooks curled into a wooden tube. this allowed them to catch many more fish rather than the old way, which was one pole, one hook, one piece of bait, and you were going to catch one fish. Um, anyways, after about seven years, John was able to afford the uh, able to afford to uh, bring the rest of his family over from Norway. So first came his wife Marin and her sister Karen. Uh, and then they were followed shortly after by Marin's brother, Ivan, and his wife, Annette, or Annette. I don't know how to say it, but it's A-N-E-T-H-E. Um, all was good. The family was back together. The business was booming. Times were good. John had a few hardworking, reliable employees working for him. Well, at least... All were great except for one, the 28-year-old Louis Wagner. Always complaining, a bit of a lush, and bad with money. He did not always make life easy for John. But John liked him, and John always kept him on. This would prove to be a very costly and deadly mistake. John and a few of his workers had to go to the mainland to pick up a shipment. And uh, the shipment was gonna was delayed, so they would actually have to spend the night on the mainland. Louis Wagner did not make the trip, but said he would be there when they got back to sn- Smutty Nose. Apparently, he had some stuff or errands to attend to. In reality, Wagner had discussed a plan to. Oh, had devised, not discussed. In reality, Wagner had devised a plan to rob John's house while they were away and while the women were asleep. He had thought it would only be Marin and Annette, but to his surprise, Karen was there as well, asleep on a makeshift bed by the stove. By the stove. On top of that, she actually heard Wagner enter and awoke and then obviously screamed. He, so then he broke a cheer over her, which awoke the other two. Panic that the plan had gone to hell. Now with all the women awake and screaming, Wagner had to make a choice. Abort the plan and be arrested for breaking and enter or continue. So he decided to continue and grabbed an axe. He had to kill him. And he would. Well, at least two of them, Karen and Aneth. Marin was actually able to escape through a window during the commotion. 
Wagner would then spend hours, actually almost the whole night, searching for Marin, but she was able to stay hidden down by the cove. Wagner would eventually give up and head back to the mainland, but not before returning to the home, dragging an body into the kitchen, and then eating a meal. He then rode back to the mainland and fled to Boston, getting a new haircut, a fresh save, and some non-blood-soaked clothes. Uh, a Norwegian family from the Shoals spotted a frantic Marin in the cove and rescued her and notified the police. And then it wouldn't be long for the police to catch up with and arrest Wagner and put Wagner on trial. In a wild and chaotic trial, dubbed the trial of the century, Wagner would be found guilty despite his insistence to the contrary, and he would be sentenced to, uh, to death and eventually hang for his crimes, but not before finally admitting to this heinous act. It is said that you can see the spirits of the two slain sisters wander near the old home's property. And you can also see Marin's fran frantic spirit running and roaming the cove and shores of Smutty Nose. It is also said that you can hear the ghostly wails and screams of all three young women. And um, not really much more I'm going to cover today, because again, if I kept going, it would go on for days, because there's been sightings on all the islands. Uh, if you did like this story, you know, this uh, account, I, I tell you, do some research, because it, it's fascinating, all the stuff that's been seen on on these islands and um, it, or experienced, and I'll just briefly run through a list of some of the other things that have been uh seen or experienced on this island uh, are orbs, shadow figures, streaks of light, disembodied voices, screams, sounds, uh, full body apparitions, UFOs, and sea monsters. So that is the Isle of Shoals. All right. So I feel like I have a lot of things. First of all, I, I don't remember if you gave a year or a rough year for the axe murder thing. Uh, let me, I don't think I did give a year, but I could be, could be wrong. Well, that, that's okay. So I think why the Isle of Shoals was familiar sounding to me is because there's a movie called The Weight of Water yep. that came out in 2000. And it was loosely based, and again, loosely based on um, a double axe murder that happened in the 1870s on the island. And that's the one. That's a, that's a, yeah, it's a, the, you, you are absolutely correct. All right, cool. Now, I mean, just, just a quick mention, a zombie encounter. <laughs> You're right. That's super cool. That's, yeah, that's, you don't get that all the time. And I like that. That was cool. Now, I know why, and I don't know if you know why yet, I know why you like the island things. And I'm going to dive a little bit into your psyche for you. I think oh. I think you like your island things so much because 
is the highest probability of water monsters or water cryptids. <laughs> now that's like really your thing. That's that's what you're here for. And we, we all know and it's fine. And we accept you and still love you for it. And um yeah, I feel like I feel like <laughs> I'm trying to help you be more self aware. Oh, that's good. I like that. <laughs> now Lighthouses are always creepy. And the part that one of the things that stood out to me that you said is that one of the entities is able to turn on the big light. I don't know why in my head that because it's a big light, it's got to be really hard to turn on. Do you have any? <laughs> it's probably not. It's literally probably like a switch. But like in my head, it's got to be this gigantic, huge like wow. lever or something. <laughs> but. No, that was that was a really good pick, and that was a, yeah. I I like I like the islands too, and um, yeah. Again, zombie. I, I mean, he really had me a zombie because I we never we never hear of a zombie encounter in anything yeah. really ever. So it was. It, I'm reading it, and they're calling it a ghost, and 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 I'm like, this feels more like a zombie to me. Like the sunken eyes, the uh, just because uh, you know. It, I guess it depends on you know a description of an apparition, but a lot of times when you're they're in a form like the lady in white, it she's in a form before her death. There might be blood on her, but a form before a death. But this description is like, he's been rotting in the ground for a while. And yeah. that, so it was just a, a really cool visual. And I think, I think with the islands too, it's like sort of like the seclusion and the exoticness of it. You know, I, I haven't really been able to fully pinpoint why I'm so fascinated, but I think that has something to do with this just sort of, the seclusion to an island that you're cut off from from the world um yeah i just found it i i found it, i would love and it's not even that far from us so you know off the coast of new hampshire i would love to go and uh and explore those islands and because like, like i said they said on there has been some sort of sighting on on every single one of the islands so really cool and it makes sense being so old i mean it's you know it these when they were coming over from europe and everything they were getting there before they were getting to the mainland you know so it's even earlier in some cases so yeah that was a lot it was a fun one it was like i at some point i had to cut it off i was like as i uh was doing the research i was like i'm gonna this this could be a book up by itself so yeah, it was a lot of fun. Anyways, all right. Well, I believe you have a strange encounter for us. Time for the strange encounter. I do have a strange <laughs> encounter, and I'm actually... This one, and I feel like I've said this kind of recently, but I actually think I might have beaten it. I think I have the longest encounter detail that i've done yet in this one. Oh, nice so this one takes place between september 19th and september 20th of 1961 and it's called the hill abduction have you heard of that no i don't think i have okay 
uh, Betty and Barney Hill were on their way back from vacation at Niagara Falls when Betty spotted a moving light in the sky. Um, the hills ruled out airplanes and natural things like fallen stars and eventually made out a craft that Betty described as at least one and a half times the length of the old man in the profile, old man in the mountain profile, which they were near. And that's huge. Yes. Have you ever been to uh, the old man on the mountain? I've never been to it, but I've seen pictures of it. And it's, I mean, it's very clearly gigantic and it's, and it's, I would love to go, but. I think it, part of it fell off about maybe 10 years ago or I'm bad at the time frame, but I believe a big chunk of it came off. I used to pat my parents had like a little camper place up um, a, a little north of it. So I remember always passing it. It, was, it is gigantic, but I'll, yeah. I'll look that up. I'm pretty sure some of it had fallen off. I wouldn't be surprised. It's sad, but I wouldn't be surprised. I know yeah. um, there's profile rock around here in Massachusetts and that's just losing pieces all the time. Oh yeah. No. Um, Eventually, the craft descended toward their vehicle, and uh, Barney said it remain it reminded him of a huge pancake. Uh, Barney then stepped out of the vehicle and observed eight to eleven humanoid creatures peering out through the windows. In unison, all but one left the window, and the one that stayed looked at Barney and communicated with him how he described would be telepathically, and said, "Stay where you are." And keep looking. Okay. Um. Well, obviously, I mean, I. How are you not going to listen? Because at this point, that's terrifying. <clears throat> no. Mm-hmm. Barney observed the humanoid forms wearing glossy black uniforms, and black hats, and bat wing fins telescoped out of the sides, out of their sides, and a long structure descended from the bottom. So that's a kind of an odd description. It's a lot to take in, but it's still pretty cool. Um, when the hills arrived home around dawn, they had a strange sensation and impulses that they couldn't explain. Their watches never worked again, and Betty insisted they leave their luggage at the back door. Uh, Barty's binocular strap was torn through, and he didn't remember why. The toes of his shoes were all scuffed up, and he was compelled this is exactly how it's phrased. He was compelled to inspect his genitals. <laughs> I don't I don't know. Like, I feel like if it were described differently, like he felt like something was amiss and he wanted to like check it out, but no, he was just compelled to inspect them, like give him a give him a good old once over. I, I don't, hey, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> no. He did that in the bathroom. Now, though he found nothing unexpected, they both took long showers to remove any possible contamination and drew pictures of what they observed. After getting some sleep, the Hills tried to reconstruct the timeline of what happened, but they both recall a buzzing sound and their memories are incomplete and fragmented after that. Now, other signs such as more clothing damage and uh, circles on their vehicle that cause a compass to go crazy were noticed. Uh, they made a report to the U.S. Air Force and NICAP 
after a six-hour interview retelling all they could remember and Barney sitting in a quote-unquote mental block that probably blocked portions of the incident that they didn't want to remember, they were found to be quote-unquote telling the truth the innocent the incident probably occurred exactly as reported, which you never hear. No one, that's never said. Yeah. Uh, investigators noted the drive home should have taken four hours and instead took about seven hours. This is called uh, the missing time phenomenon. And as the Hills could not account for the time, and that was likely the case. Ten days after the incident, Betty had five successive nights of vivid dreams. After the five nights, she never had the dreams again, but they consumed her thoughts during the day. She told Barney, who was sympathetic but not concerned. In November, uh, Betty started writing down her dreams. Uh, Her and Barney were stopped at a roadblock and surrounded by men. They made them walk through the forest at night. Uh, Barney appeared to be in a trance. They appeared nearly human with dark eyes, black hair, uh, cadet-style hats, uh, prominent noses, bluish lips, and gray skin. She and Barney were taken to their car and suggested they watch the craft departure, craft's departure, and they do that and then drove home. Now, when the subjects of the hypnosis came up, Barney was apprehensive but thought it could be good and helpful for betty to put aside the quote-unquote nonsense about her dreams just a short sidetracker what an asshole really yeah good guy you go through that and you're gonna call your wife's visions of it nonsense you went you checked your genitals and she had probably realistic dreams so yeah yeah someone's (laughs) someone's nonsense here and it's not her all right now their hypnosis Recall was mostly consistent with the conscience recall and matched each other when they weren't consistent. Both recall um, conversations with the beings in English and both recall overhearing their spouse commune, no, sorry, communicate in a nonsense language. Barney recalled the binocular strap broke as he ran from the UFO to his car. He started to drive, but was compelled to pull off the road and drive into the woods. Uh, Men, quote unquote, uh, approached telling Barney to not fear them. The leader told Barney to close his eyes. Barney said he felt as though they had pushed into his eyes. Barney recalled another set in another session. All and this is a quote. All I see is these eyes. I'm not even afraid. They're not connected to a body. They're just there, pushing against my eyes. Now, Barney died of a cerebral hemorrhage hemorrhage in 1969. And Betty went on to become a celebrity in the UFO community until her death of cancer in 2004. She was 85 and never remarried. This incident has been um, retold and referenced many times in straight up adapted into movies, TV episodes, comic books, and so on. And uh, it's actually the inspiration for the feature film, The UFO Incident, starring James Earl Jones and Estelle Parsons. Um, Now, it's, yeah, it's 
that's all I have for the strange encounter. But it's it, there was so much to that story, and it was only it was just two people. It was there was so much to it. That was great. No, that had like everything. I mean, from you know the sighting to the law um, encounter, the beings, the um, time loss, the uh, sorry, I'm, I was taking, I was trying to take notes. Um, you know, the from a four-hour trip taking seven hours. Oh, the telepathically communicating. Um, them remembering afterwards uh having the dreams and it, it 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 just had everything so you could see i can definitely see why it would be adapted um and to so many different forms of other media because i mean it's got everything you want in an encounter um even the area that it happens in that part up by the old man in the mountain it's it's very old it's 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 supposed to, um you know a lot of natives up there are supposed to have a lot of a hold uh they hold it in high regard that area um so yeah no this was i i mean what a what a good one i can't believe i've never i never heard of that because it's even to the way he died a cere a cerebral hemorrhage like mm -hmm. i know that happens to people it's not the most common way to go and then after hearing the stories and the eyes and the pressure on the eye, it just, yeah, I mean, I love it. it inspecting the genitals. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, priorities, right? I mean, I wonder what that, you know, he says he felt compelled. What was that compulsion? What I, was like? I don't know. Like, saying you're compelled, for me, feels like there's nothing feels wrong. You just want to look at it. And <laughs> like you're compelled to look at an automobile accident. You don't want to know, but you're going to look because yeah. you're compelled to. I just, just wanted to see it. it I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't... It's such a weird, uh, but I love it. It's just uh, another little detail that I love. Uh, the gray skin, the, the or blue, uh, blue lips, gray skin um but the uh, the rest of the description it didn't sound like your like stereotypical gray uh alien as we kind of known uh, see him now but it definitely had the qualities to it um, the clothes right the hat and the suit it's yeah. uh, i i almost don't i don't recall really ever hearing that if if we have but not very often yeah no i can't think of any any that they're wearing like a uniform like i believe you said a uniform right at some point yeah like it like a cadet yeah. uniform i think is how it was described but it was like shiny black and then they had the cadet's cap see i i mean i i, I love that little detail because you just don't hear that oh uh, and prominent nose oh. you never hear prominent nose you all, you hear like no nose or yeah. like a, a space where a nose would be but never a prominent nose. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, um, no, that was great. I, I can't say it. Uh, that was, that was really, really, uh, fascinating and different. Um, one great choice, great choice. Oh man. Anyways, um, do we have anything else for them today? I don't think so. Okay, well, 
All right, folks, thanks for joining us, and be sure to tune in next week when we set up camp in South Dakota. So until then, guys, happy camping. Bye. Bye now. As always, our hosts would like to thank you for joining. If you enjoyed the program, please be sure to like, follow, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Find us on Instagram at ScareYourPantsOffPod, no spaces, or on Twitter, ScareYourPantsOffPodcast. Or send us an email with questions, comments, and fan art to ScareYourPantsOff9 at Gmail. See you next time.